Welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping you to understand your horses in a calm, connected way. This week, live from a very sweaty, cricket-ridden, hot, tropical area in the north of Australia, we've got Mark sitting in an arena in the semi-darkness. <laughs> He's going to answer some questions from our members. This week is all about under-saddle questions. First one is from Renee. And she says, hi, Mark, after our recent clinic unlocking Buddy's brace um, and shutdown, he's going much better and leading nicely even at the float. She had big problems getting Buddy in the float to the clinic and we worked on that. And then, you know, she got home and worked on it some more. So well done, Renee. Under saddle, she's been letting him walk around the arena with no legs and picking up a rein if he stops. This has been great. So she asked for a trot and he just stops dead. If she asks him to walk with the rein, he does so, but as soon as she put legs onto the trot, he stops again. So she's wondering, Mark, are there any tips on getting him to be more responsive to those legs? Yeah, um, it's it's uh, it's be, it's become a habit in him to um, block on the legs. Uh, so it's it's been years of sort of going. I don't want to go in that direction, and someone's going to kick me in that direction. So, so the legs have become like a hindrance to him. So it's almost like an automatic uh, backward thought uh, with him, and and that's why you know I, I was showing you techniques to get him to kind of unlock that thought and let go of that thought in the reins and start to travel, uh, which is really important. So you know sometimes when they block up in the legs, you just go turn, um, and then I would set up a lot of situations. So. I, I, I try and, like what I say, and, and you would have heard me say this before, but I'll just sort of, um, you know, say it again because it's a, good, it's a good reminder, is for horses like him that had a lot of probably negative transitions, what I mean by negative is it's like he's been ridden and say there was a million kicks in his life, maybe more, there's probably billions of kicks, I don't know, that people have used their legs on him. How many of those or what percentage of those has been... A positive response or a negative response and I'd say it's been a lot higher than 50% you know he's probably had 70% negative responses to legs and then he's probably you know had all these um, responses which were no responses and then how many positive responses so you've got to set up positive responses so something I would encourage is keep his feet moving with the reins for a while this is just one tactic it's more of a mental tactic to get in there and when you know so when his feet get stuck when his feet get stuck just um steer him until he lets go of that freeze and then he might move at whatever speed and when he lets go of that thought and he's going off somewhere then give him maybe 200 meters back for home and then say go forward for home so find the direction which is the most favorable direction for him and ask him to go forward and then when he gets halfway to that destination you might start to steer him again steer him back away and then until he's moving and his thoughts are going away from home or that or the magnet that it's not necessarily home it could be just whatever the magnet is and then what you might want to do is do that again when he's feeling like he wants to go that way go straight into a fast trot like get in fairly strong with the legs and try and get him to go fast okay when he goes fast then let him you know say good and make him maybe get him come back all the way to his mates or whatever and then turn use the reins to get him go away again and see if you can stack up 50 or 100 transitions where he hasn't said no to the legs this means you've got to be quite creative and it also means that you've got to um 
not have a destination yourself and not just want to go for a trail ride with your friends and go off checking out things this is a, a just a purely lesson training to get him to start respond better to the legs okay there's another thing i'd put a belly rope on him i'd teach him to lead with a belly rope I'd, and and if he if he kind of if you pull on the belly rope he gets all funny and frozen kind of bump it or pull it or put a fair bit of pressure on it a bit till he starts to wake up to it and move a bit and 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 maybe spend two or three or four days putting a belly rope on him and pulling forward with that belly rope so you walk off ahead in front of him you pull forward on the belly rope and then get him to travel forward with that belly rope and then until he just floats forward with it and um and that's going to teach him to be more aware of his rib cage and start to think forward to that that feeling of something on his rib cage you can help him in the early stages with a bit of feel on his head but i would tend to try and get it mostly done through the belly rope the other thing i'd also look at um is the the backing him up into your legs but don't overdo that one so basically back him up bump him with your legs fairly big bumps to get him to sort of really know where your legs are and then loosen the reins and then say squeeze to go forward if he sort of sucks backwards then back him up so you already already got him thinking backwards so if a horse is thinking backwards and you're bumping him when you let off on the reins and say would you like to go forwards the second thing he might do is go i'd like to have a forward thought now but when he's thinking uh when, when legs just are an automatic backward thinker for him then having him thinking backwards first, then he's going to take on a forward thought a lot easier. Sounds a bit funny. I know it sounds a bit confusing, but what happens is by backing them up and saying, here's my legs, they get aware of your legs, and then you say, now, let's softly lead forward with my legs. Okay, that's another thing you can also look at to help him. But try all those three things and, and see how you go. But positive transitions, try um, asking him to go forward where he wants to go for a while is going to be really helpful. And be patient you know some horses take weeks and months to kind of get something because it's taken him years to be like this so it might take you a little while to get him out of that anyway good luck with it okay so mark i asked you that question first because it may just help angelica with the um with her question which is really similar but i'm going to go through it because it's slightly different but similar so angelica has posted a question she has a mare who was started last year using obedience method. She came to her in August, so she's had her for just over half a year. She's extremely anxious and spooky. So she started working her according to your philosophy. She took away all that drive and chasing. She's now much better. They have a great bond and she feels that she trusts her. She's able to ride her in the arena using the saddle and a bitless bridle after she discovered that the bit made her very tense. So well done, Angelica. That's wonderful that you've been able to make so many changes and positive changes. You can see them. So, you know, um, Mark's always uh, quite heavily trying to help people understand these negative effects of drive and chase. And um, it's wonderful when you hear, you know, good news stories like yours. So the problem that Angelica's got, though, Mark, is that she was responding to leg aids and she was less Um, and she's become less responsive to rain aids. She was previously trained mostly with leg aids and not much rain, so mostly passenger riding. A few days ago, Angelica had her in the round yard and she just stopped short. No response to the legs without the rain, no response to an open rain without the leg. So she was separating the two but got no response. She was, however, relaxed and calm and had a soft eye. She just didn't want to move forward. 
So is there anything that she can now do to increase her motivation to move forward? And maybe can you explain what might be happening with Angelica's horse? Yeah, good work with everything you've been doing. And it, it is a long road uh, to, to listen to horses, but then also provide education and information to them that tries to keep them in a positive frame of mind and keep them searching is, is going to be a lot more difficult than just um, going to sharper spurs and pushing them along. But the problem is with whips and spurs and pushing a horse and making it do what you want to do is the long-term negative effect is, is so so you know detrimental on the horse uh that it's not a nice riding horse in for, for the person either because they just become stiff and brace and unhappy so um this is a harder road at the start because um you have to be thoughtful you have to make good decisions you've got to be a bit creative um but in some respects you find it's going to get a lot easier and you can see that now though your horse may not be going forward sometimes there's a lot of softenings and uh, happenings there that are making your horse feel a lot better and be a lot more pleasure to be around so just with the um with the not wanting to go forward the open rein um right if, if leading is is like think of think of your reins as like leading a foal or a young horse um, so imagine you're you're walking off with that rope and that horse follows wherever that rope goes once you see the reins and feel it like that on those horses then the horses will start to follow them like that so what is happening your horse is bending and bending and it's not following the rest of the reins so you've got to keep going with the reins so maybe take the reins shorter and because you're in a side pull you're going to get away with this you're not going to sort of damage your horse's mouth or anything but once you take an open rein go open and up and keep lifting the horse is going to get out of balance and think this is a bit difficult here but you've got to keep pressure in that rein while it's open and 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 if it's open you can't go any further open then it's got to go backwards and open and up at the same time so it's like a, an angle that's coming back like you, you like you imagine tipping water back over your shoulder like that the rein's going back and up at the same time and as you're picking that rein up the horse is sort of getting, going to get uncomfortable and start to go oh, i can't hang on here for long enough you know what what, what I've, I've given my head but but I can't get, go up any further so eventually it's going to have to rebalance itself to find some comfort in there um, because it doesn't want to stay crooked forever so basically you just wait and hold and then she'll move and then she'll rebalance and then she'll go oh I'll just follow the feel and rebalance so her, her objective is then to stay in balance with the rain so then all you, you all you do is set up like I call it the two second rule where the horse's feet aren't allowed to stop for more than two seconds I don't use my legs at all. I just pick up a rein till the horse starts moving and then I loosen it, pick up a rein, or the horse inevitably loosens it because it finds its balance in the rein. So it does most of the loosening in that rein. So you just hold pressure till the horse rebalances and then you try again, left rein, right rein. You can even do the backup until basically when you loosen out on that rein, the feet are starting to move and the thoughts are starting to search again. And you'll see the horse start to open up and search. Okay, the problem with adding too much pressure from behind to get them going is they think back on the pressure and get a little, you know, confused or get a little stubborn because they're kind of like sucking back and they don't like that pressure chasing them from behind. So then once that's all happened and she's starting to move around, then you can start to sort of add legs. The other thing I'd also do is, uh, like, like, like a lot of questions come through, but is get her to lead, get that leading one happening so you might do that over three or four days and then take her somewhere 
and get on her and ride her back to the place she wants to go to and, and sort of put a bit of leg in there. And if she's already got a forward thought, add a little bit of impulsion in those legs because it's obvious that in the past she has gone toward with, with your legs. She has, someone's you know, taught her to move off legs, so you can still tap into that. It's just that you're going to do it more in a positive way. So through the reins, get her to steer, let go of that stickiness and start to move her thoughts somewhere so she moves somewhere with her feet. And then take her back to the place that she wants to go with the legs. So the more desirable place, you say, you know, bump, bump, squeeze, squeeze, get her to go forward with the legs and get her to travel uh, forward with the legs. Also belly roping, getting horses to lead forward softly with legs is also very important. So that, you know, you can put a belly rope on them, you pull a belly rope forward as you're going forward and they lead forward off the belly rope. That's also going to help a lot. But try just up with the rein, lift and open at the same time. You find she won't be as stuck and you just got to hang in there and wait a bit. Uh, well, I'm glad I asked that question separately because it was, it was quite different. So thank you, Mark. All right, Viv, this question is for you. Viv has an ex-pacer who doesn't pace anymore. Um, but when she rides him at a trot, he seems out of balance and she's sort of thrown a bit to the right in the saddle. His canter is absolutely fine. What she's wondering is, would walk-to-trot transitions help improve this out-of-balanceness? Uh, yeah, for sure, Viv. Um, but the, the biggest thing uh, I think you'd want to work on, with most paces I find... Um, there's a lack of confidence because they can trot, a lot of them can trot, and, and the ones that were less uh, inclined to be genetically gated horses. Um, so the most popular harness racing in Australia is the pacing. Trotting is quite rare, so most paces that we have, most most uh, harness racing is, is pacing um, in Australia. Um, but so, so not all those horses are gated horses, it has to be taught to pace. So because of that, in most of those paces that I get, there's a kind of nervousness between at the end of the walk. So when they go to their fastest walk, they get a bit worried and they kind of like go, oh, and they stiffen up and they go, I've got to trot, 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 pace, trot, pace. The best thing you can do is just work on a nice walk up, transition and down, get the accelerator walking up to the fastest walk and then let them come back down again and then up until they're really, really soft at that walking up and, and the accelerator. And then what you what you sort of do is you you do that so many times until they feel like oh, I just might want to trot now, and they don't and there's less anxiety in that up transition, especially when you're getting close to the fastest walk. So when you get right to the tippy top of the walk, and they'll start to think about the next gate. Now that gate could be a pacing thought or a trotting thought, and usually because they go, oh, I've got a pace and it's been a man-made gate in them, more man, like half man-made uh, in some, more man-made in others, then they get a bit worried and there's always a block right at the end of the walk. But if you get them doing that transition up and down the walk nice, there's a point where they uh, relax a bit and they'll naturally, and they're feeling good, if they feel good with the accelerator, they'll naturally find a bit of a trot. And as soon as they found that trot, just lead them back into the walk again. Work on the transition, like you, like you said in the question, uh, like you mentioned, should I work on transitions? I'd say yes. Don't just keep them travelling at the same trot. Work on a bit of transition. But also, you do want to work on maintaining trot because maintaining a trot for longer, when they've, when they've done a soft transition into trot and it feels okay, just let them trot. Let them feel like they can trot, 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 trot and become, you know, so you've got to sort of, 
have your uh, yeah, your energy pill and get on your horse and allow them to trot for a while so they can sort of just carry that gait and go, oh, it's okay to trot. Uh, and then, then you work on some transition and then you work on holding a trot until they just feel good. But also when you're doing it, you've got to be mindful that you're changing your diagonals as well. So you're strengthening both, both diagonals. So, you know, you just pick a front leg and then when it goes forward, you stand up. And then in you know 50 meters, 100 meters, you pick another you know, the other front leg and and rise up and down to that. Uh, also, lots of soft bending. Get your horse bending better in its turns, hindquarter yields, all that sort of stuff with the reins. The better the bend in the horse, the less likely they are to pace because it's a very rigid, straight gait. And the softer the horse steers, the better it backs. All those things because the back up is also a two-beat diagonal rhythm. The better they back up, the better they they trot. So you know all those things are going to help them. In, in 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 the endeavour to trot better. Wow, some great tips there. Um, thank you, Mark. Right, the final question for this question and answer session is from Andrea and um, Sarah and Nicole are also super interested to find out the answer from you. Mark, what do you do? How do you manage a horse that's left in the paddock with a buddy? that has a bigger separation anxiety than the horse that you're riding out on. Have you got any tips to manage these horses? Um, this, this is a, it's, it's like the weaning process of weaning a foal. It's, you know, a similar, a similar process. And unfortunately, if some horses have been badly weaned and that they're actually worth with separation anxiety than the ones that are a, a bit better. But, um, what I tend to do is I treat it as a, you know, that's very hard to do, but you have to kind of treat it as the same thing, is you can, so, so some people have a horse that's just purely the buddy and there are other ones the riding horse, but with the horse that's not the, sometimes you can build a better connection and, and you have to train the horse that's the buddy horse. You can't just have like a fully untrained horse if it's going to go ballistic every time you take your horse out. So maybe doing a bit of training on the horse that's left at home and leaving the riding horse at home and taking that other one out a little bit and then dropping it back and taking it out. Grade the exposure, what I mean by take it out a bit. Uh, if you've got a good connection with it and that, and then drop it back, uh, bring it out, bring it back, get it more confident and understanding it can leave the other horse. Now, obviously, because you're with it, it might have a connection with you and still be not so good on its own. So, so there are other tactics that you can use. Um, the other one is is by grading the exposure that you you, you know. So with your riding horse, um, you ride in the paddock around the buddy horse, and you just you know you let them follow a little bit, and then they'll get a bit sick of it. They'll graze a bit, and you'll go and do your thing, and then you ride off a bit and come back, and you grade the exposure by going away and showing that buddy horse that you'll be back. You're only going over there and coming back, and he goes, oh, you're going to come back. And then you go away a bit further and come back. And then you go away a bit further and come back. Until you can go away 100, 200 metres and come back. And that buddy horse is going, oh, that's okay. And then they know you don't just kind of suddenly just take your horse away and your horse goes ballistic. Um, because that's what they're thinking. Because the last time the horse went away for a long time and they're really worried. So you, you, you have to put training into it, which is not... People have, you know, have a lot of time for when they want to do something for themselves with their horse. But this is donating a fair bit of time to your horse, especially that buddy horse getting used to it. The other thing you can do is you can sort of give your horse a high value feed, like nice loose and hay, and 
throw that out when you start to work in the paddock with him so he's a bit distracted with hay and you do your graded exposure while he's distracted and he goes oh that's okay she's just over there this hay's pretty good and and he starts to eat that um and that can slowly help you know just wean him off the other horse a bit as well um and then yeah i, I think the the more you take him out uh, to, but but also as an alternate horses it's important to to alternate them around and take one out leave the other one at home take and swap it around a bit and put more education on the buddy horse uh, the better as i say the better educated the more confidence you give horses especially if you're working on empowering horses a bit more getting them to think for themselves and that sort of thing um but it's a long process in any any rate um but it's it's like weaning a horse properly you've got to do it properly and you've got to you know grade the exposure of being away from its mum uh, and that's the same with that one uh, try that and and see how you go um and and just just yeah um but the distraction don't overuse the distraction thing all the time because you know some people think oh beauty for the first half an hour the horse is fine while it's eating and it eats all that hay and then it's then it panics so so but but slowly work it that you can go further and and start to go out of sight and then come back um and just down the track let me know how it's going if they've had any changes because sometimes feedback uh, is really important for me and for all the other members as well because um what feedback does is like i don't always know if that's going to work for your horse um i'm just telling you something that i'd try um with with horses um but you know if it's working let let us know if it's kind of worked a bit or there's something else that's changed let us know because it's always that feedback because if i was doing it home myself I'd, I'd be sort of working on feedback and changing it as i went depending on the feedback so you know sometimes if people have a question that i've answered and half of it's working half of it's sort of you're still not sure about it's always good to know the feedback is feedback for me to see you know what's happened and how we can work in uh, improving it and it's also feedback for you and everybody else Yeah, there's no straightforward answer, is there, Mark? And, and oh, that's why it's so good to watch you work at clinics because you could be doing something and you go, well, actually, I'm going to change what I'm doing. I'm going to try this now. And you can just, I can see you unraveling different ideas and trying different things. And it's sort of like a like a piece of art for you. It's you know always changing and evolving. There's, there's no set program. There's no one, two, three step method. Um, every horse is different and they all need different approaches. So it's very hard sometimes to um, answer questions just off a sentence you're not there to see it in, and see how they're feeling and you know and understand the environment they're in so um but you, you do a fantastic job and if any of you out there are listening and they're super keen to learn more from mark because he is a pretty phenomenal horseman um just you know if you maybe you want to ask mark a question it is free to all of our online members and online members have access to over 500 of Mark's training videos. So delve into his fantastic insights. It's only $15 a month. It's a quality membership. It's just that we wanted to price it so that everyone can access it. Uh, just Google Mark Langley Horsemanship. You'll find it. Thank you so much to all the questions to everybody. I think we've just about got <laughs> made the most of the light. I'm sorry about the frogs in the background. We are in tropical Queensland and that's just nothing we can do about that. We're sitting in the middle of an arena. Mark's teaching tomorrow for the next four days. And then he heads down to uh, Maryborough. So if you're in the Maryborough area, you can catch him there for a demonstration. 
on uh, Saturday night. And people come and also fancy it. Um, and you're, yeah, everyone's welcome to come and fancy it at Mark's Clinics. All right, thank you so much, Mark, for your fantastic answers, and we will see you again next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Jenny. <laughs>